Hello, and welcome to the Be a Neighbor podcast, brought to you by NeighborWorks Northeastern Pennsylvania, with your hosts, Parker Dorsey and Gerard Hetman. This show seeks to host guests from within and around our local community to highlight community initiatives, news, events, and more. There's a lot going on here in Lackawanna County, and we hope you join us in taking a deep dive into the neighborhood. Now remember, be a neighbor. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Be a Neighbor podcast. I am Parker Dorsey, and sitting right next to me is Gerard Hetman. As always, we're your hosts, and today we are joined by Annette Palutis. Well, Ned, thank you for coming in. We know that you're a neighborhood icon, someone who <laughs> so many of us know here in West Granton and people all across the generations. You've impacted so many people with your career, and we've been fortunate to borrow some of your knowledge and expertise about the neighborhood on our steering committee for our West Granton neighborhood plan over the last several years. So we thought it would be great to talk to you about yesteryear, but also the future. So we're looking back on some of your neighborhood memories and some of the places and people you remember from past years and past points in your life, and maybe talk a little bit about what you see in our neighborhood plan and what things we can improve on, what things we can do to make the neighborhood an even better place as we go forward to live, work, grow, play, and visit. So tell us a bit about you in terms of your name and just give us a brief... Well, my name was Annette Talkovich before I was married and Palutis, of course, now. But I grew up, I was born and went to live at 1939 Jackson Street. My father had a bar there. And in those days, there was a bar on every corner. But in that (laughs) block, there happened to be three bars. There's one in the middle of the block and one on each corner. And of course, because the miners, when they came home from the mines, they, you know, they were, they have a lot of fluid in their lungs and things, and they come for a shot and a beer, but the shots were 25 cents. So sometimes they did a wine and a beer because the wine was only 15 cents. Oh, of course. That's the way it worked. But I lived right across the street from Martin Van Buren, number 31 school. So when the first bell rang, I got out of bed and got ready and I was always the last one in. The principal used to say, you're the closest one to the school, and you're the last one in all the time. Well, it was a short commute, though, it was, so Yes, worked, it right? was. That's it good. was. And the world was totally different. But people didn't have cars. They didn't have washing machines. They didn't have telephones. They came to my father's bar where we had a pay phone, and that's where they would call people. And also, the bar was the only place that you could get alcoholic beverages. They didn't have beer distributors that took it to your house or anything like that. If you wanted a quart of beer, you had to come. And sometimes they came with the pail, and they'd get a pail of beer. And <laughs> got it right out of the tap, and they'd take it home. And as I said, it was a totally, people sat on their front porches, and everybody walked. And the, the best, the big walk was from, now I live in the top of Jackson Street, the 1900 block. And then we'd walk to Main Avenue. So it's all, that's about 10 to 12 blocks. And everybody walked to church. I mean, the streets, the sidewalks were as busy as the roads. I believe it. And it was just a totally different world. Plus, uh, we were all divided up in parishes. I'm a first-generation American, which I'm very proud of. Both my parents were born Lithuanian. My father went to the eighth grade to school, and my mother never went to school. And when she wanted to become a citizen, which she didn't do till I was about in second grade, and I taught her to write her name and to read the, and answer the questions, and she became a citizen. But I'm very proud of that because they were hardworking people and taught me a great deal. And the rest of my life was around my church. 
And every we had Lithuanians lived in one area, they had Lithuanian church. The Irish lived in another area, they had the Irish church. The Italian, everybody had lived around their churches. Sure. And never the twain shall meet. You'd never, if the Lithuanian <laughs> never get caught in the Irish church, the priest would be very upset with him. Sure. And, uh, and we had religious instructions. Interestingly, we didn't have a religious school, but we had religious instructions after school every day. They had the Sisters mm-hmm. of the Jesus Crucified came and we had wonderful, wonderful catechism. And our world really was all around the church. The church would have church suppers, and that's where you, and then they had a little dance after you go and dance the polka. And they also ran, um, now they still have, you know, church uh, bazaars and things, but they we used to have one where they had dead rides. You could, you know, get on rides and everything. Mm-hmm. And the people all worked that. And it was, it was a, as I said, a different time. Sure. And then it all changed after the Second World War. So that takes us, I think, to where you are. And I think we share some of those memories a little bit from the parishes. Certainly my mm-hmm. grandparents all immigrated from Eastern Europe yeah. and Parker's family from, I believe, Ireland. And, uh, and well, Lebanon. my well, my mother's side was from Lebanon and oh, they, oh, they yeah. lived over in Wilkes-Barre, which okay. had a, in that particular section of Wilkes-Barre, there was a pretty substantial Lebanese and Syrian community. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know that. And sure. of course, we have a substantial one in West Granton here. Yeah. And they had their church, too. They sure. had their church. Yeah. So I think we've seen those stories, and many of them are such a part of the neighborhood's rich tapestry yeah. over the years. But that takes us from you living near the school to you teaching in the, in the school. school. So tell us a little bit about that. They're, all of our lives are shaped, I think, by the teachers that we have. Well, so. to my parents the most important thing you could do was become a teacher. Because in Lithuania, the teachers had a special place in the church. And there was never, I never could have enough education. I had every lesson there was. I had dance lessons, music lessons. I played the organ in the church, so I've done that. I had, so in every lesson there was. And in fact, if it was for education, my mother said yes to everything, to the point where my son, when he was about eight, took her to town, and he said he needed a skateboard for education. And my mother bought it for her. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it went back the next day. That's great. So then it was just natural that I would become a teacher. You know, that was the most important thing. And so I went to Marywood Seminary to high school, and then I went to Marywood College and uh, majored in music. And then, of course, I began to teach. And my first assignment was at South Scranton. And that was two years, and I got married. And when you get pregnant in those days, you had to leave after four months, and you couldn't come back for two years. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, well, in a way, it was good because I was able to stay home till my son sure. was two. But now, of course, we've been able to change all of that, hopefully. that. And even prior to that, that only changed, I think, in 1965, mm-hmm. because it, it was our union member in Strasbourg. And it was our, you know, region attorney, and they won the case. That was about 1965. And so then I went, and when I guess it was 63, I went to North Scranton, and I stayed there for 27 years. Right. (laughs) And and there I did major musicals with students, and it was a wonderful experience. Wonderful. Wonderful. So you still, I'm sure, see many of your students. We talked a little bit about before we started. Oh, yes, absolutely. But in fact, somebody just sent me on Facebook, four pictures of myself and the music teacher and somebody else, and then a group that was in, it was, I think we were doing George M., and some of my, one student in that picture 
is still somebody. He's like my adopted son. He's a priest in Florida, but he he's never left me since the seventh grade. That's <laughs> it is wonderful. That's so great. That, oh, that's fabulous. Gosh. So it, it, oh, it's a, it's wonderful. The teaching profession, I loved every minute of it. And as I said, I did major musicals, mm -hmm. and it was wonderful. It really was. And wonderful students again, many of which I'm still in touch with. And uh, so I really did love what I did. That's great. So tell us a little bit about, you talked about the neighborhood bars, and now we know why there was a bar on every corner, Order. because well, I never thought about that, that you couldn't purchase alcohol really outside of the establishment. So right, that was it. a good reason why. But tell In us fact, about... my father was standing on the corner after the Second World War, and he saw a truck go to a house and deliver a case of beer. Uh, and he said then he knew it was over. Okay. Yeah, he Fair. knew it was over. A different era. Yeah, and that's where the world changed, too. People were able to buy washing machines. The reason they were able to do that, they finally came up with the idea that you could buy it and then you could pay it off. Sure. Prior to that, you had to buy everything with cash. Mm -hmm. So that changed the world. People That's got true. cars, they got washing machines, they got everything. Sure. I'm almost done paying on my car now, so I'm almost <laughs> there. We're almost there, right? So that's. And then the other thing I forgot to talk about when I was growing up, they brought, the milkman came to your door, brought everything to, to the house. The huckster came around with <laughs> with uh, vegetables. Uh, other people came around to pick up the different kinds of things. I, that's, I, I didn't call him the huckster. I'm not sure what you called him. But most of the things were delivered to your house. Sure. So tell us a little bit about the places you remember in the neighborhood. If there's any establishments, whether it be the movie theaters back in the day, oh, restaurants, yeah. Uh, yeah. any shops that you well, found oh, really interesting. Wherever, every Saturday, you walk down to Main Avenue. And you went to the movies on Saturday afternoon. And there were two places where you could get ice cream. And one was Russell's, and you got, for a nickel, you got two dips. And the other one, I can't remember quite remember the name, but there you only got one dip, but the ice cream was better. Mm -hmm. And the world revolved around going to Main Avenue. And, of course, my father or my mother walked once a week to the bank to take the proceeds from the week all the way down. And that's where, you know, the world was. There were restaurants and there was a ladies dress shop and there was a children's dress shop. And right around that corner where that you have been in the paper that you're going to you know, refurbish, that was one of the busiest places. And it was on the corner of Price Street and Main Avenue. Sure. A little park is there. Yep. And right next door, there's a building, and across the street now, there's a parking lot, but I can't remember what was over there. And uh, all the restaurants. And very nicely, though, many of the fronts of those restaurants have now been repaired, and they look really nice. That block, especially down to Jackson Street, they have done those places, the outsides of them over, and it looks very, very nice there. But pizza wasn't yet big in those days, so okay. I don't remember any pizza. Places. Interesting. Yes, Very I interesting. Don't. And now <laughs> that's the, it became the big thing. And there were a few, but not many that I remember. And that was the place where everybody went. Now, if you wanted to go downtown, well, we had two buses. And where I lived on Jackson Street, I could go take a left and go down one block to Washburn and get a bus. Or I could take a right and go up two blocks and get the Lafayette Street bus. And occasionally, my mother would get a taxi cab, and we'd go downtown to the movies and eat dinner downtown. 
That was a big treat. I bet. That was a big treat. That was it. We've heard so many of those stories, you know, back when Scranton Dry Goods and uh, the Glow Store Glow and Oppenheim's were all going. Oh, our downtown and, was absolutely uh, fabulous. It was. We had two main department stores and loads of women's and men's shops and restaurants. And I think there's like one, two, there were three movie theaters downtown. Yeah. Besides the one at the west side, and there was one in Greenridge, of course. But so everybody went to the movies. That was that That's was great. the big thing. Sure. The, the, the days before home entertainment, you know, an on demand streaming services. That was the only place you could see those. Kind of like the beer. You had to go to the establishment <laughs> to see that. That's so. right, exactly. That's yeah, exactly. that's such a remarkable. But it, it was it was a lovely place to grow up. The people. It was there wasn't a lot of crime. There, a bar fight maybe occasionally, <laughs> which my mother could break up. You know, she sure. didn't have any problem with that. But I heard her say to somebody one day, I don't know where she came from. She drives at night in, in the snow. And I said, I came from a mother that I watched break up fights in a bar. Where did oh she think gosh. I came from? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, it really is interesting to hear what a thriving center of the neighborhood that Main Avenue was oh, at that it was. time. Absolutely. And certainly we think it still is, and we want to expand on that. Absolutely. So I'd be thrilled to really see cool. you do some things there that would really make it well if there if there are still some you know the, the Vincenzo's pizza is a wonderful place and they want to expand there and that will be great and you've got a couple of other restaurants there that are very nice and but now as you get down toward Linden Street and those we've lost a lot of and so that would be nice to get some of those places you know sure uh, back thriving again that sure. would that would work very much we saw the Far Street Tavern obviously it's oh, under new I, ownership and new renovations yes so we're oh I about that. I that's two blocks away from where I live now and I was just shocked it's magnificent mm-hmm. it's wonderful and they have a parking lot across the street yeah we're so, we're excited and that's yeah. really lovely that's really you know, really our, nice our my supervisor Todd Foosley, who manages our West Granton neighborhood plan uh, gave some comments on that recently in the Scranton Times Tribune and uh, we're excited to see a neighborhood icon really oh, yes. come back in a that, new a new wonderful. refurbished fashion so oh that that is you know, that will be a big big improvement down there yeah, very we, nice we think that we think that that helps harness some of the energy that we see here yeah. from everyone in the neighborhood yeah. and bringing back a great establishment. The big thing I, I really, in retrospect and looking at what's happened, the neighborhood never, ever, ever got really run down. People have always kept their houses. The ones that were older, they tore some down or they fixed some up. But I can't think of one section of the city that really is worse than it was you know and most of them have people have refurbished the houses and they still live in them and where i bought my house now where i live now i've been there since 1963 i think and it was the backyard of my best friend that i used to pick up and take to school and her father sold the backyard and the man built a new house there and i've lived there ever since That's well he was living there and then when it was time for me to look to buy a house it was for sale beautiful and it's like and a glove right yes and i've been there ever since and i love it there's That's a nice terrific. neighborhood wonderful neighbors people are great it's just the church is right down the corner it's really very nice in the cemeteries there, good walk in the cemetery. Excellent. Good. Well, we, we like the walkability part there, I think. Yes. I, we're so glad to hear that you mentioned that then and in a way now, people enjoy walking in the neighborhood. I am so surprised now. This just happened, I think, 
oh, the last 15 years. Well, maybe it's a little bit longer. But when my, my son was growing up, you didn't have to put a dog on a leash. The dogs ran the neighborhood, you know. <laughs> wow. Oh, and I still remember driving, Yikes. riding my bicycle down the road, and I hear little kids say, oh, there's Snoopy's mother. That was my dog. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so everybody had dogs, and our dog took care of the neighborhood. You know, mm. he said, and we have a little hill. He sat on the hill, and the neighbors all fed him, too. So I had to stop that because he gained too much weight. Sure. But now everybody walks their dog. And it's... The past five years, I've noticed it the most, and it's really nice. I love to see them, love to see people. It isn't so lonely, you know. It really is nice, and people seem to like to walk in that area. They'll walk up, they walk up, and I walk up in the cemetery a lot, and they walk down and come down our street, and it really is really nice now. That's great. Again, we love that that sense of community. Oh, it's a really nice community. My neighbors are lovely people, you know, seem to get along. And as I said, I didn't see any neighborhood that really has deteriorated to the point. In fact, most of the places look a lot better. Where you, If you look where I lived on Jack, the top of Jackson Street, you go down, that was Bone Hill. Mm-hmm. And all those homes down there and the homes on Jackson Street down there have been refurbished. We found out about Bone Hill, I did at least through our Beautiful Blocks program. We had a group that applied in that area, and I never knew that name had existed for that part of the neighborhood. Uh-huh. You know? And same thing with Roundwood here. I never knew that the uh-huh. area around St. Anne's was referred to as Roundwood. So I've learned a lot in just these few and years. Actually, when I was growing up, once you went down over that hill, you didn't have indoor plumbing. I mean, you didn't have indoor bathrooms. Yikes. <laughs> they, had, they had outdoor bathrooms for quite, wow. a, quite a long time. Gosh, and I think that's been the case in a lot of spots around you know, the city and other uh-huh. you know, other urban areas that we think maybe some of those innovations came online sooner, but we find out that they were more recent mm-hmm. than we would Than you would have ever imagined. Yes, that's, that's true. That's, that's, for true. Sure. that's for sure. And in fact, where I live now, they used to call that Hyde Park mm-hmm. from Pettibone Street back. Sure. And then once you got down to Far Street, you were in, what do they call it? It's still Trips, Trips Park. Trips Park. Thinking of. Trips sure. Park. Yeah, the community yeah. center back there is a, a yeah. real neighborhood anchor. So They even had their own school center. back there. There's a big empty lot there, mm-hmm. and that was the school. But nobody's ever done anything with that lot. Now, that would be some place where something could be done. It's a big, big spot. Good to know. Good to know. There yeah. might be some real potential there. And uh-huh. again, we see investment now in the neighborhood with not just the new trip school, yeah. the relatively new trip school. We also yeah. see, you know, John Basilevia again going ahead with Far Street Tavern. Yeah, that's so really great that really, he came back there and did that. Yeah, know? so that we see that, I think, with West Grant and, and Parker see that a lot mm-hmm. with us in our time here where several investments lead to more investments. Absolutely. And I think our counterparts at United Neighborhood Centers after having a lot of success in Southside, are doing that in Pinebrook. And you, and you see investments there oh, yes, that yes. are just kind of building one onto the other right. where um, yeah, people yeah. want to They're starting to do stuff do in Pinebrook. Yes, they mm-hmm. do. Most of the students that lived in that Pinebrook area came to North Scranton, so mm-hmm. a lot of my former students came out of there. You know. Sure. But there were more neighborhood schools, too, and I missed that part. I think there was nothing like a neighborhood school. Like you have that one on Jackson Street, and now they made... You know, there's apartments in there. And then, of course, my John Marshall now, the beautiful apartments in there. And I'm not in favor of large schools. I'm still in favor of a smaller neighborhood school and high schools. Now they have the high schools that 1,000 people, 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where you have your big shootings, those big, big schools. And I remember at one time they wanted to make one high school here. And that was when I first came back after I was president of PSCA. And I really fought that. And that they said, well, they went down to Berks County and there's a school down there. And I'm aware of the school. There's 2,000 students in the school. And they said, they walked through the halls and everything was quiet. And so I called the lady who was the president down there at the teachers union. And she said, it is horrendous. There's, you know, 90 some or 100 and some teachers in this building. Kids drop out that we didn't even know dropped in. I'll never forget that line. And I still, I, like they did it in Wolfsburg. They put them all into one big school. I really think that's, I think that's wrong. Well, we see that I think West Granton, part of what really gives the neighborhood some identity is that West Granton High School continues to thrive absolutely. today. Absolutely. So we can, think we can see that. And it's absolutely. really, absolutely. it's really the neighborhood anchor. It, yes, it is. And it makes all the difference in the world. And then you have the West Granton Middle School. And then when my son was going to middle school, they had a school down in the old St. John School, right before you hit Luzerne Street. Yes, right before you hit Luzerne. No, it was right on Luzerne Street before you hit Main Avenue. On the where Fidelity Bank is now, is that correct? Right, right no, up, up, right up from there. There further, was a, okay. there was where Fidelity Bank is was a church. Okay. And this was the church's school. And then in his second year, they opened the West Middle School. Gotcha. And it was very, very good. Very nice. That's made a big difference, too. Very good. Have there been any other neighborhood developments, either part of our plan or even before the plan, that you've seen that have been good in the neighborhood establishments or construction things? Anything else? Well, I'd say on Jackson Street, there was a West Side Hospital there. Used to come. Mm-hmm. And now they've made like a little park, I think, in there. And that isn't that the Neighborhoods Association? Don't they have a building in there or something? Oh, uh, there's a few developments back there, yes. Yeah, that's uh, on the corner of Jackson and Sumner. No, Brownlee. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so that's, that's yeah. you know, that's certainly one project we've seen that's continued yeah. to take yeah. shape. Well, so. I'd like to see a lot more. I mean, there hasn't, it's pretty, it really is pretty much the same, except for the things that I just mentioned, that you've done things with the park on Main Avenue, too. And that looks looks very nice. But that downtown, the, the main avenue part, would be very nice if, you know, we could just see more improvement there. From Price Street going to Lafayette down to Linden Street, those places along there need some refurbishing. Sure. Well, I think we're aiming to do quite a bit of that. Park work certainly is, you know, the focus. Along with the parking lot across the street is, you know, something yeah, right. we have grant funding secured yeah. to do. And we also have plans to do more facade improvements for businesses as part of the, the plan. And that's uh, lots of good stuff in the works coming with that that we'll be announcing in the that near future. Is, that, and, so. that, and then the block where you start down from Jackson Street down then to Washburn. But right on that corner, there used to be a wonderful luncheonette, I should say, a little restaurant. And in that little restaurant, they had the best Texas wieners you ever ate in your life. <laughs> and nobody's ever gone back in there and made, okay. a mis- uh, made a business out of it. And the people that were there were there for years and years and had a wonderful business. Very interesting. And so that little area coming down there where there's all this little different building, mm-hmm. they could use some refurbishing. And, and across the street there, too. But anyway, then you've got the funeral homes on, on the other end of the street, which seem to always, you know, they've taken care of their properties. They always Sure. Very good. I think that pretty much covers most of our 
looked back on the neighborhood park and we covered some really great memories from years past and also some developments that we are seeing now for the future and hopefully may look for the future. Are there any other occasions, notable things that you would like to kind of close out on with your time in the neighborhood? Well, I, I guess I would like to close by saying I've loved living here. I've never regretted that I didn't live here. And the people were always warm and friendly. And it was a nice blend of all the different nationalities. And no longer is there that competitiveness. They've intermarried, so everybody are now are American. And at that time, you know, some people were considered foreigners, like my parents. And but now they all, you know, they've intermarried, and everybody gets along very well. I think. So very good. That's been the best thing that's happened. Well, that's what we like to hear, and I uh, look forward to more positive developments like that in the future. Absolutely. So, Parker, any good thoughts for the closing? Yeah, I just wanted to thank you for coming on. Your insight's really been interesting to listen to. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I enjoyed being here. Thank you so much. And of course, we'll talk to you more as our steering committee continues to move forward. We appreciate all of your great contributions. And thank you for helping get our neighborhood plan developed and shaped. All of our steering committee members have played such a great role. And we have such a diversity of experience on the steering committee. And all of your years of wisdom and the knowledge you have from growing up and living in the neighborhood have been instrumental in helping shape our good work. So we thank you for everything. Thank you for having me. All right. I think that'll just about do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of the Be a Neighbor podcast hosted by NeighborWorks Northeastern Pennsylvania. You can catch us every third Friday on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and several other podcasting apps and distribution services such as CastBox, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, etc. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.